What's up, everybody? I'm Tom Bilyeu, founder of Impact Theory and creator of the Impact Theory Founders Key. And I'm here with the Edge of NFT guys, and I think that they are creating the most amazing NFT content out there. Don't miss it. Hello, all you NFT curious listeners. On today's breaking news episode of Edge of NFT, we're kicking you back a podcast edit within hours of recording because there's an awesome Founders Key drop from Tom Bilyeu tomorrow, supported by a five-year roadmap that you won't want to miss. And you will learn how Tom's number one superpower creates massive impact by building desire. And you'll also discover what kind of company Tom is building that could scale to compete with the likes of Disney. All this and more on today's episode. Enjoy. Welcome to the Edge of NFT with your hosts, Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger. The podcast that brings you the top 1% of NFTs today and what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts and the business side and also the human element of how NFTs are changing the way we interact with the things we love. This podcast is for the dreamers, disruptors, and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next. Today's episode features Tom Bilyeu, CEO and co-founder of Impact Theory Studios, a revolutionary digital studio that develops content on multiple platforms, including Impact Theory, the weekly interview show that explores the mindsets of the world's highest achievers to learn their secrets to success. Impact Theory produces comics, graphic novels, books, television, film, interview, talk shows, and more, including NFTs, of course. An inspiring tech enthusiast, filmmaker, writer, and serial entrepreneur, Tom previously co-founded the billion-dollar brand Quest Nutrition, which reached number two on the Inc. 500 list of fastest-growing private companies. He has repeatedly proven he has a deep understanding of how to build, nurture, and market to online and offline communities. Using this skill set, Tom's mission is to empower people through entertaining content. As a techno-optimist, Tom has a passion for the positive impact future tech has on culture and society. He sees the metaverse and NFTs as the ultimate intersection of art, digital tech, and community. Tom. Welcome to the program. Well, thank you very much, man. I'm excited to be here. Anytime I get to talk NFTs, I'm, I'm down. Yeah, yeah man. It's, uh, it's exciting to have you. And not sure if you know this, but Jeff and I co-founded Territory. So we started in the sort of healthy, uh, ready-to-eat food business. Also was big on keto and paleo. Um, at one point before COVID, we were in, I think, 800 CrossFit gyms around the country. Oh. Yeah. That's amazing, yeah. guys. Congratulations. It, and yet we Thanks. both find ourselves living and breathing <laughs> NFTs. So, um, you know, that that sort of begs the question, because this is something that we eat, breathe, sleep, probably for the rest of our lives. Uh, it's the most exciting thing we've encountered. And we wanted to sort of start the conversation with your journey around NFTs. How did you first hear about them? And what was that aha moment? Or was it more of a slow roll? No, it was really lightning rod. So... All right. So about six years ago, I'm at a conference and it's a future facing conference that the um, X prize does. I don't know if you know those guys, but they get together some of the world's most extraordinary people and uh, meet this guy. And he's like, Hey, I want to show you this thing that I call V atoms. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what that is, but I like tech stuff. And he pulls out his phone and he's showing me what we would now call NFTs. And he's like, Oh, you can like move them around. You can send them to your friend. And then they really have it. And he was like, you know, explaining this. And I looked at him and I said, 
that's going to change my business forever. And immediately understood what this was going to be. And then promptly put it on a shelf because I'm like, the tech isn't ready yet. Like his whole janky demo, you know, it was like so early and man, I wish I hadn't just put it on a shelf because I really understood what it was and flash forward, you know, whatever, uh, five years later, I guess. And someone I really respect sends me, uh, actually calls my wife and says, Hey, you need to look up NFTs. And so my wife hands me this sticky and she says, Lindsay said, we have to look up NFTs. And I'm like, okay. I trust Lindsay. She knows her stuff. Like if she says, I need to look at this, let me look at it. And within 72 hours of first hearing the letters NFT put together uh, in a string, we had allocated millions of dollars to development because I recognized this is that thing that I knew would change my business. So I was like, it, it was so easy for me to just go, boom, we're in. I know exactly what this is. And so we got the team together and I said, look, you're all gonna think I'm crazy. But at this point, I've earned my teams like, you know, I've through execution, you can get people to follow you through some crazy things if you have enough success. And so I said, look, I've said this before, and then it ended up being huge wins for us. So I'm saying it again. We're going to make a huge pivot. We now do everything at Impact Theory through the lens of NFTs. And that was eight months ago. We went heads down and just started building. And so it's funny now that our first product is landing, that people are like, welcome to NFTs. And I'm like, this is not my like welcome party. This is my coming out party. I've been building things, you know, for the last eight months. So um, found as much incredible tech as we could find and just started creating, creating, creating. And so wow. here we are. Wow, that's yeah. a testament. There's um there's definitely some uh, similarity there. Jeff and I had a, a fashion company with uh, interchangeable patches. And we knew from the jump that this should also have a, a digital twin. And so we were at the licensing show in Vegas like three years ago, talking to the the Players Association of the NFL and, and, uh, you know, and uh, Major League Baseball and talking about, can we also get the digital rights? And it's like, sure. Yeah, there's no additional charge for that. And and, in like fast forward to now where, uh, you know, that same Players Association has a deal with uh, Dapper Labs and Mickey was on the show um, last week. He could not say what the big announcement was, but it was at the tip of his tongue and then sure enough the next day. And so I was like, oh man, we talked to these guys three years ago and they were giving these away like candy. Yep. Yeah. It's really crazy when you think, so we're in a negotiation with a distribution partner and uh, we told them flat out, like they have no NFT strategy, but we told them flat out, we won't do the deal unless we control the NFT rights. And like a year ago, that wouldn't have even been in the contract. And now it's like the dividing line of like, hey, I'll give on all this other stuff, but you're not touching my NFTs. So it's very interesting how fast technology can change things. Totally. Yeah, it's beautiful to hear you recount how quickly and decisively at least you moved once you once you could feel uh, it was an important step to take. Uh, so, you know, We've been alluding to it. You're dropping this amazing NFT tomorrow called Founders Key. And from everything we've seen and heard, it's going to be a rocket ship. (laughs) So uh, please tell us a little bit about it in your own words. All right. So there's an important dynamic to understand about impact theory, which is we are a 21st century digital studio. So what we do is we create IP. Now, IP is just a fancy word for the stories that you love. So for me, uh, that would be The Matrix, Star Wars, Naruto, One Piece, like 
that's the kind of stuff. So when I use sort of fancy corporate words, what people need to ground on is like that cartoon that I love or that Disney movie, you know, that my kids are obsessed with. That's what we do. We're, we're aimed primarily about 85% of our creative energy goes towards stories aimed at kids 11 to 15 years old. There's a whole brain science reason for why we do that. And the echo of that is exactly why Disney is the most dominant studio of all time. They probably weren't thinking about the neuroscience of it when they were doing it, but they aimed at kids. And so our thing is Disney proved a model for us, which is that you can tell one kind of story over and over and over from a thousand different angles and you can actually impact culture. And so what they created was the most magical place on earth. We want to use that same technique of telling only one kind of story, but we're going to tell a slightly different kind of story. And we want the result to be that we create the most empowering place on earth. And so there's a whole why that I got into this and why after selling a company for a billion dollars, I didn't just retire, why I'm in here working harder than ever. Um, and it has to do with right now, you're in the developed world. Your zip code is the number one predictor of your future success. And I'm not okay with that. And I don't think it has to be that way. And the contribution to that, because of course, no one person is going to solve that. But the contribution that I want to make towards that is to make sure that no kid ever gets to the age of 15 without encountering a growth mindset through stories that they're obsessed with. So you create these stories, you embed these amazing ideas. And the way that I explain it to people in my own life, Star Wars gave me Yoda. Yoda led me to Taoism. Taoism changed my life. And so when you get like these knock-on effects of like, you get this character who's giving another character in the story, like, you know, the mentor character giving advice, be like, well, if I use that advice in my own life, like that's pretty dope. So that's the loop that literally shaped me as a person. And so we're trying to create that same loop. It just has to be entertaining on the surface. You don't want kids thinking that like you're hiding these, you know, nuggets of wisdom. You just want it to be a rad story. So that's where our focus is. But so we're creating all this IP. So we build worlds. That's like our internal phrase is we're the new house of ideas. We build worlds. Now the founder's key is going to unlock access to those worlds. So it could be a free NFT drop on a major property that we've got. It could be access to a whitelist. It could be direct access to me because there's a whole another side of our business. But the founder's key, there's three tiers. Top tier unlocks all seven categories of utility. And then different amounts and different, you know, within the category, there's like a whole then pod of things. And so within each tier, there's varying degrees of access to those seven categories to then that sheer amount of stuff. So for instance, the big one is, we're gonna be announcing this today in the Discord. Uh, we didn't want this to be like, oh, this is all stuff way off in the future. So we have, I see impact theory as my 70 year plan. Now, technology changes too fast to that for that to be real. It's just sort of a guiding thing about playing the long game. But what we're selling the NFT against is only the next 18 to 24 months. But we've got something very robust built out for the next five years. And that's about as far as you can sort of realistically plan. Um, but we're not selling against things in years three to five. But even in this short time horizon, we've got some amazing things coming, including in early November, we have our first premium NFT drop that is an entire IP unto itself. So this isn't like a PFP pick and then peace, we're out. 
this is a project that we'll be developing for the next three years. So this is the beginning of something that we think is going to be a huge franchise um, and people can get in on that. But it's really understanding that the, the keys, the founder's keys, are the thing that gets you VIP access to everything that Impact Theory will do in the future. So whether it's um, getting you early access to a live event, whether it's getting you a free airdrop, whether it's um, being on a call with me, there's you know all kinds of things that it gets. And look, not everything is free. So I wanna be clear, it's not a ticket to get everything that we ever do in the future for free, but there are free things, there are early access, there's all kinds of stuff, but we've mapped all this out so people can see it by tier. This is exciting. I think, yeah. I think the the naming Founders Keys uh, says a lot about the intent, which is for co-creation, which was what we're all about. Like the folks that get in early, they're they're part of the team in a sense, right? Yeah. When you look at what's happening with communities, so the I've said this many times, but this is so true. If I had been born 30 years earlier, I would never have succeeded as an entrepreneur. So my journey as an entrepreneur went like this. I chased money for almost a decade. I showed up every day, literally saying, I'm here to get rich. I was not saying I'm here to add value to my community. I wasn't saying I'm here to build a product that's you know going to change lives. Nope. I'm here to get rich. It's the only reason that I'm doing this business thing. And beyond that, I just want to go tell stories. And what I realized was my success couldn't be guaranteed, but the struggle could. And so I end up going in one day and I quit and I tell my partners, here's your equity back. I'm not going to cross the finish line, so I shouldn't get anything for this. I just want to go do my thing and I want to feel alive and I'm going to go right again. And it was worth about whatever, $2 million in equity at the time. And they're like, hey, you know, wait, 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 we feel the same. What would it take for us to keep working together? And so we outlined this vision of a company where it was value first. And my obsession was community. So I want to build a community. And while we weren't using the word authentic back then, I kept saying, I want to be myself. I don't want to be a slick marketer. I want to be me. I want to be who I am. And so I want to show up every day. It, it ends up becoming Quest Nutrition, right? So the punchline is this ends up being the, the most brilliant sort of rebellion against typical business practices ever. But we did not know that at the time. And so I'm like, I want to show up every day and fight for my mom and my sister, right? They're morbidly obese. So if I know that this could just be 20 more years of struggling with no like big cash win at the end, I want to make sure that it's something I really believe in. So I gave them this whole pitch around something we would now call social media. And I said that, you know, I'm going to build this community and I'm going to focus on what Kevin Kelly calls a thousand true fans. And I'm going to build this community around people where I've added so much value to their lives that they'll follow us anywhere. And so that became the mantra that we, all of our marketing materials, all we ever tried to do was add value. So if you never bought our product, but you consumed our marketing, it would make your life better. And this was like, now you hear that a lot. Back then we sounded like crazy people. And so I was like, I don't know if this will build a big business, but I know how it's going to make me feel. So anyway, we get in, we do this community. We're in the thick of it, elevating people, trying to lift them up, trying to help them, celebrating their journey. Because of course, in food, you end up being in weight loss journeys a lot. And so it was just like this whole thing. And it was incredible. Ray Dalio, the guy that runs the largest hedge fund in the world, says, anytime you learn a lesson, you need to turn that into a principle so you don't have to keep learning the lesson over and over. And so... I wanted to turn that into a principle. And what I realized was whoever has the closest relationship to the audience controls the negotiation. And so the reason we were able to build this incredibly 
rapidly growing company. We grew by 57,000% in our first three years alone. The re- in manufacturing, by the way, all self-funded. And the reason we were able to do that is because for a year, we said no to retailers and just built community, selling directly to them online. And so then that community was going into stores saying, why don't you carry Quest? That allowed us to negotiate a way better deal than everybody else on the shelf, which gave us a lot more margin to play with, which meant that we could actually scale our company through cash flows, even though we were growing like crazy. So it ends up being this incredibly brilliant tactical move, but it was actually born of, I just want to add value. I don't know if this is going to win. I know how I want to feel. I know what I want to do in the world. And so now you let me do that same thing, but you let me supercharge it with NFTs. And I know the one immutable truth, whoever has the closer relationship to the community controls the negotiation. And I'm trying to build something to compete with Disney. I have a big task ahead of me. They have a 90 year head start and billions of dollars in IP. So if I'm going to have any chance at that, I've got to build this community that is so tied in and can capture so much value from this product that we've created, these founders keys, that when they're at their most selfish, they're promoting impact theory. And when I'm at my most selfish, I'm making sure that I'm pouring value into that community. Because the more I pour value into that, the more tied in they are to the success of all the IP that we're creating, the more they're gonna go out and talk about it. So when I go to Netflix to pitch a project, There's 5,000 people in the parking lot with signs that say, I will watch anything that Impact Theory makes. So you can imagine that that puts me in a totally different negotiating um, stance than if I didn't have that. Or if I go in to pitch a comic book that we want to turn into an animated series and I have a million views a week on that property, it's a very different negotiation. So it's so clear to me that the reason I knew NFTs were going to change my business was it allowed me to understand who is legitimately a part of that community so that I can reward them. And now once you reward them, you create this loop of they're getting all this amazing stuff that either they can just use, right? Because I would prefer to see hodlers than flippers, but flip away, certainly absolutely a part of this ecosystem. Um, or they can sell it. And you know, hopefully we've crammed so much value into this thing over the next 30 years um, that it was the most ridiculously cheap buy in human history. That's amazing, man. You know, we've seen it in everybody we've talked to that the most successful projects are rooted in a strong community, whether it's a community that that existed previously, like the crew from from Quest and from uh, Impact Theory, uh, and is building now on the on the back of this amazing you know technology, uh, or a brand new community being grown from scratch around the ethos of the companies that have formed, uh, or a bit of both. But uh, we've seen it across the board. It's amazing to hear that. Where does you're also building an NFT marketplace, though, right? And uh, it taps into some really powerful communities as well across uh, uh, gaming and uh, video game art, uh, anime. Um, yeah. Tell us about that. What's the story there? Well, so now you're getting into business principles. Okay. So um, I teach a business class called Business Decision Making, and it's one of those really unsexy idea. And it is the only thing that matters if you want to be a successful entrepreneur. So going and learning sales funnels is not going to help you. You have to know how to think through novel problems. The only way to think through novel problems is to get to first principles. So how do we get to first principles? You start looking at one of the things you do is you look at what do my core competencies need to be? So if I'm trying to be the next Disney, but I'm doing it in a different way, 
So we focus primarily on a Japanese style of storytelling. We're way more focused on anime than we are the Pixar Disney style of animation. There is a reason that a single title of manga in Japan called Demon Slayer outsells the entire Western comic market combined. Spider-Man, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, X-Men, Hulk, Iron Man, all of them rolled into one, is outsold by a single title called Demon Slayer. Wow. So in, is that in the is that demographic- Globally? globally? Yeah. Or, yeah. Wow. Globally. So in, in the niche that we want to be in, that 11 to 15-year-old market, you have two choices. You can do what's called four-quadrant storytelling, which is what Disney does, where mom, dad, son, daughter, they all watch the same, same show and they love it. And it's amazing. We, I, I love Disney stuff. I think it's incredible. But I'm not going to try to out four quadrant Disney. What I see is the missed opportunity in this new generation for this other kind of story, which feels very different. I won't waste your time getting into the nitty gritty of why this narrative structure is so compelling right now. But it's really incredible. Um, and it is targeted. If you're a 14-year-old boy, I'm writing for you. I'm not trying to write something that a 14-year-old boy and a 14-year-old girl are both going to like. So we write for 14-year-old boys, we write for 14-year-old girls, and nary the twain shall meet. So we keep the entities very separate. Um, and we think that that will allow us to create momentum in this gap that Disney hasn't filled. Now, maybe over time, we will find ourselves doing more four-quadrant storytelling, but not right now. So anyway, all that to say, the marketplace says that we're building, uh, one of them is focused on anime and video game art because we know that that's our demographic. So if you already wanna collect NFTs around anime, I know you're who I need in my ecosystem. So we're launching something, it's not under the Impact Theory brand, it's a wholly owned subsidiary, but it's a company called Renders. And that is focused on anime and video game NFT art. And it's a marketplace for those creators. Yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, we've heard from folks, um, not, not in this podcast, but just kind of listening to other podcasts and in other formats, you know, uh, folks like William Quigley of Wax, it's a huge, huge NFT success. Um, that, you know, NFT platforms could be like websites in the future, right? And so it, it's really about the niche that, that you're into and, and that really is coming across in what you're communicating. You're not trying to create open C, right? You're trying to create no. something where it's directed at a very specific audience that you want to really uh, care, care for and cultivate. Yeah. In, in an audience that is likely to get this and live and breathe this their entire lives, right? Um, you know, the adoption curve is a lot easier when, when you're dealing with that age range. No doubt. It's, it is really important to note two things. One, that that age matters. Um, it's, there's really fascinating studies around that. In fact, the Japanese have a name for it. Um, for boys, anyway, it's called shonen, which translates literally as the few years. And the reason that they've honed in on that is your brain goes through a period where it's drinking deeply of culture. So up to that point, it's, you know, orienting itself to your environment. And then around that age, you start discovering music, the opposite sex, like you go through this period of now it's about culture. And that is right at that moment where we want to hit them. And then the other idea is niching down. And so all the platforms that we're building are like a niche. And we want to go in and be the most meaningful contributor to that niche you know, so the goal for us with renders is we want that to be the global hub 
of anime, period, full stop, right? So it starts with NFTs. That's how you draw them in. That's how you build relationships with the creators, the collectors, all of that. And those are sort of the tip of the tip of the spear of people that are so into this that they're investing time, energy, and money. But then as you go wider, it's more of a social movement. And so we're really building the marketplace around that interactivity and bringing people together in just a way that they can celebrate their love of this thing, but then also support the creators that they think are amazing. And so, yeah, I think the, you know, technology is hard. So that one's going to be a long-term play um, where you start with, you know, some cool tech and a group of diehard people, but I, at launch, I am well aware that there are far bigger players in the anime space and we're going to have to, you know, slowly chip away at that. And this is where I hope people will really, as they consider whether or not they want to invest in the impact theory founders key. So remember one, even renders will carry benefits. So even though it's not branded impact theory, if you have an impact theory founders key, you're going to get special benefits on renders that other people won't get. So as you start to understand how big the vision is of what we're actively building right now, right? This isn't just future fantasy roadmap stuff. Renders launches in 2021. So as we build all this out, you're going to get all this access to different things and having those different communities and playing that game long-term, investing in, in it when you don't necessarily have the funds coming in. And so that's what's going to separate impact theory and the founder's key from a lot of other people. Even if this doesn't sell, we have all the funds. Like if I've joked that if one person buys that key, they're going to be the most spoiled person on planet earth. Cause I'm building the whole thing, whether the founder's <laughs> keys sell or not. So it's like, this is what we're doing. This is our roadmap. And we happen to see a way to supercharge our community by giving them a way to capture 90% of the long tail economic value of the founder's key. Right. And that's like a, a revolution in terms of how companies think about building communities, but we have the ability to execute, right? I built a billion dollar company from scratch exited that successfully. And now this is my forever company. This is the one that like, I'm going to take everything that I've learned over the last, you know, 20 plus years in business. I've got the capital to fund it myself if I have to, and the knowledge of how to grow and scale businesses. You know, we went from five employees to 3000 employees in three years. So scale is something I know how to do. And everything that we put out on the roadmap, we're going to execute against. And there are a lot of well-meaning creators in this space that are incredible coders or incredible artists, but they don't know what it means to scale a company. And so we're going to see a lot of high potential projects fall by the wayside because they don't know how to handle like the internal conflict that is inevitably going to arise. And being able to navigate that stuff is very, very difficult. Yeah. It's something that uh, I think, I think you honed in on it, right? It's um, for a lot of companies, great tech, great minds, um, great opportunity. Uh, but without that experience or without the right talent, um, that has that experience uh, around building and scaling, it's going to be tough. We know that. Um, but man, isn't it cool to be able to say, this is what I'm going to do the rest of my life, like to yes. say that with confidence. Uh, I think it's it's so rare that we have an opportunity to say something like that. And uh, we feel the same way. So pretty That's powerful incredible. stuff. Yeah. Well, um, wow. I'm, I'm pumped. I can't wait. Um, excited that we submitted our form and um Let's talk a little bit about your relationship and partnership with, with Sioyoki. I just had a chance to chat with People Pleaser yesterday, who's another amazing individual in, in this mix, uh, 
I think fifth most influential, uh, according to Forbes, which she partnered with. That's incredible. And and she's working with Steve, and they did a piece of art together that formed a was the genesis of a DAO essentially, where they're they're investing in up and coming women um, in the space, which is a really important uh, component. And and, it, and and she was all about social impact, and she realized Steve was as well. So um, I imagine that there's great synergy in that regard with you and Steve as well. And um, would like to learn more about the Neon Future Project and, and how you think NFTs allow us to go into different layers of storytelling, um, which otherwise would not be possible. The layers of storytelling thing is very, very interesting. And our Neon Future Project is a great way to walk through what this looks like now as we move into the blockchain era. So Steve and I started this. This was an idea that we got together on four years ago, five years ago, maybe. It's been a while. And the whole idea was to create a franchise. And so we centered around this idea that we call the third way. So I don't know if you guys have read um, Nelson Mandela's The Long Walk to Freedom, but he's got this extraordinary idea. He never explicitly calls it the third way, at least not that I remember. Um, but very much the concept is born of that book where he said, any oppressed people has three paths before them. You can remain oppressed, you can become the oppressor, or you can find a third way that's about unity. And so that was the idea that Steve and I had, but from a technological perspective. So imagine a world, and I actually think this world is going to come to pass, where more and more humans will begin to augment themselves technologically, but at some point it'll reach a breaking point where some people will rebel and absolutely refuse to be augmented. And so then you will get a bifurcated future where people are augmenting themselves and then people who in a religious fashion refuse. And what happens when those two groups collide? And so that's the story is set in that, but Steve and I are both very techno optimistic and think that technology is actually gonna be the thing that helps us. So in our story, it isn't the you know robots as it were that are the bad guys. It's technology is the thing that's gonna help us find that third path. And uh, is a really cool story that I think both of us are incredibly excited to be continuing to work on. So we've done the first two um, volumes of it already. It has been extraordinarily successful on Webtoon. It's lived its entire life cycle in the top 10 of its category. So really exciting. If you know the scale of Webtoon, Webtoon is a behemoth. So to do that well on that platform is, is really exciting. And then... Um, we did our first NFT drop around the property, partnered with one of the world's sickest anime artists, a guy named Mache Cusiera, and the drop is insane. And now we're going to be doing that. Steve and I have continued both in our own separate paths just to go deeper and deeper and deeper into NFTs. And Steve is um, going to be working with me to build out this third volume that's gonna be tied to a big NFT drop that's gonna have a really cool technology component that has this branching decision tree that's going to end up putting people on different sides of the camp. So there's the augmented and the authentic. And so having people end up on one side or the other and then um, getting them invested in the story in that way of literally being on one side or the other. Uh, so it should be uh, really fun. It's going to push the envelope technologically, which is really one of the things I want to be a hallmark of impact theory over the next two to three years 
um, is that we're just aggregating technical talent as fast as we can and um, really hoping to help define what's possible in NFTs in the, in the coming years. Man, that's a tough decision. Authentic versus augmented. I, <laughs> I don't know what side I would choose. I have to think about that. Yeah, buddy, that's the whole idea. Sounds like a modern day version of the Stanford prison experiment. <laughs> you know, it's so interesting that you say that. I'm obsessed with that whole idea. Uh, yes, very much so. Well, hopefully everything goes okay. <laughs> um, Tom, uh, we could talk to you forever, man. We're really excited to be having you today. Uh, we're going to wrap up like sort of the main uh, set of questions here, move on to ex uh, edge quick hitters after just a final question. And that is kind of beyond impact theory projects. What industries do you see being most impacted by NFTs? And how do you think that will pan out? And you could highlight any particular projects or platforms that have caught your eye as well. Yeah, I mean, finance is basically the answer. So when I look at what I think is happening right now, so as an entrepreneur, you have to get really good at reading cultural energy. And so I'm looking at, you know, the numbers on OpenSea and you've got $3.8 billion or whatever it is pour in in August. And I'm like, something is going on. And if you're in the middle of it and you can feel the energy, it's like, it isn't normal. Okay. I've been on this planet for over 40 years. And so I'm telling you what's happening right now is very atypical. And so looking at, okay, what's happened. You've got multiple generations of people that have grown up believing that the system is broken and that they have no way to sort of get out from under it, to jump classes. So it's starting to feel like a class system, even here in the US. And we were supposed to be the place where nobody felt that. And then you've got that finance is incredibly boring and you could work your whole life, put you know money into a savings account only to find that it's been inflated to either away or just far less than you thought. And when you think about money as being the way that you preserve the productivity of your time and energy across space and time, you begin to realize, wait a second, there is a system that can retroactively diminish the value of my time and energy. Like there, there becomes a point where people, you know, get quite enraged by this idea. And so we're in the phase right now where people can feel something is off, the system is broken and it's manifesting as fuck the man. And so it's not a surprise that like, you've got the whatever cypherpunk mentality that's sort of leading all the crypto stuff that's happening. That balloons out into the larger world of people who are just, you know, they're caught up in the enthusiasm. They love the idea of being outside the system of, you know, whether working for themselves or just this like direct relationship that you can have with an artist and all that. And then the tech component of this so that it can do things. And you end up creating an asset class that instead of looking like a uh, Jackson Pollock or even an Andy Warhol, it looks like a bored ape. It looks like a cool cat. It just speaks to internet culture. And so all of a sudden, these things that are technically just, you know, JPEGs or whatever, maybe they've got some utility, they end up being an asset class that's teaching people about finance, that's teaching them about investing in art, that's teaching them about utility. And all of a sudden, this happened to me. So I've always gotten good at, I know how to make money. I don't know how to invest money historically. But to learn about NFTs, I had to learn about the blockchain. To learn about the blockchain, I suddenly understood what was going on with Bitcoin, Ethereum, so on and so forth. Then all of a sudden, I found myself listening to 
finance principles. And then all of a sudden you feel like, wait a second, I'm actually starting to understand the system and I don't like everything I see. And so then you want to like really start, like, I'm going to take this whole thing, which is NFTs and all the people that see the world like me, and let's go build something cooler. And oh, by the way, we have a way to create things that are sort of outside the government purview for now, which makes me nervous about where things are going. So like at Impact Theory, we are trying to tow the SEC line. Let me tell you, SEC, we are playing by your rules. So it's, but it's gonna be this really weird moment. There's gonna be a tremendous amount of disruption around this. And finance, I think is gonna be the industry that just gets absolutely clobbered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, it's it's pretty clear to the SEC is, is uh, you know, they're figuring it out along with us, right? And it, it's kind of like a, an interesting interplay, uh, trying to watch them scramble to figure out what to do with these really new and interesting things that don't fit into existing uh, categories. And then- uh, And move faster than anything they've ever seen in their life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's crazy. It is. And, and look, man, it, it's uh, it's been amazing hearing from you about Founders Key and, and your uh, inspirations for it, Render and everything else you have going on. Really, literal rocket ship that's taking off tomorrow. Cannot wait for it. Hi there. Let me interrupt one sec with a special secret. Here at Edge of NFT, we want to loop you in on the best kept secrets in NFT right now. So this might be the first time you've heard of it, but you need to know about Koi, especially if you are a creator or even if you're just a supporter of groundbreaking projects. You need to dive into Koi ASAP and you can do so absolutely for free. Here is the best way. Go to edgeofnft.com Koi. That's edgeofnft.com K-O-I-I, two I's. There you can find out how to install the Finichrome plugin, publish your first 50 NFTs for free, and start earning koi whenever anyone visits your NFTs. Imagine a world where sites like Facebook and Instagram would allow creators to earn every time their posts are viewed. This is what koi is built to support. Plus, koi is built to scale globally without killing the planet. Go to edgeofnft.com koi, install the Finichrome plugin right now, publish your first 50 NFTs for free, and start earning koi today. Um, but we want to take a step back for a minute and uh, get your personal perspective on a few things. Um, we have this segment called Edge Quick Hitters, which is just a fun, quick way to get to know you a little better. It's 10 questions, looking for short, single word or few word responses, but uh, you can feel free to expand if you get the urge. All right, no, I'll, I'll play it by the rules. Let's do it. Nice, short, right, sweet. Man. I got you. There we go. All right, question number one. What is the first thing you remember ever purchasing in your life? A comic book? Uh, Asterix and something. Nice. I forget the name of it. It'd be easy for somebody to look. There's someone in the audience right now going, oh my God, I know exactly what he's talking about. <laughs> Very oh, appropriate. Indeed. Okay, question two. What is the first thing you remember ever selling in your life? Ooh. The only thing that comes to mind is time. I was never good at sales as a kid. Yeah. Uh, how times have changed. Um, <laughs> question number three, what is the most recent thing you purchased? Uh, in NFT specifically, anything, anything taco Oof. burrito. I've had my head down for the last three weeks. I'm not even sure I bought anything food, but it, <laughs> you know, in sort of full disclosure, my EA would have got it for me. So I don't even remember. It just fucking shows up at my house. All right. Well, what was the last yeah. NFT you bought? 
There we go. Um, the most recent, the most recent bid I put was on a CryptoPunk, but it didn't get accepted. Um, the most recent pickup, I think I can't remember the last one that I actually won on, but um, Cipher is the one that I was really getting hyped up. I was putting bid after bid after bid on that one and ended up connecting with the guys behind the scene. I'm sorry, I'm elaborating. So yeah, Cipher. Okay. Awesome. Right on. Uh, okay. Question four. What's the most recent thing you sold? Ooh, I hodl almost all my NFTs. Um, this could also I don't be think any other type of thing besides NFTs as well. Well, I mean, every day at Impact Theory, we're selling like our courses and things like that. So it mm. would have been uh, a ticket to business decision making is probably true. Yeah, yeah, I feel like you're the only guest that has this self-awareness around this. They always say, I'm not selling anything, but they have a business that's constantly yeah, yeah. selling. I, I sell a lot. I will sell more in the future. Yeah. And, yeah. That's no, a fact. I'm not weird about that. Perfect. <laughs> right on. Question five. What is your most prized possession? Well, I'm going to give you a very uh, Buddhist answer and say that I try not to prize my possessions. Um, the closest thing is probably a signed copy of The Matrix that a friend of mine gave me. That is solid. You got to nice. be pumped, I just... pumped for, what is it, December 22nd? Next, uh, next I, I am I am holding my breath. So I loved the first one. It's my Who's favorite that? film of all time. The second two. Yeah. So, yeah. It's yeah. gotta, it's gotta Let's go see. uphill from here, but um, I just Who, saw the original uh, this past weekend again. Who signed it? Like, do you have, more uh, than... yeah, it's uh, signed by Keanu Reeves, Lawrence Fishburne, Carrie Ann Moss. And oh. I think Joe Pantaleone. I'd have to double check. Okay. Ooh, awesome. That is hot. Uh, question six. If you could buy anything in the world, digital physical service and experience that's currently for sale what would that be I'm trying to think what my grail nft would be i'd probably right now i think i'd go with a uh, genesis kong Nice. I'm so intrigued. I think they're going to get hammered by the SEC, but it'd be a wild ride. Uh, yeah, I'm very, I, I find myself contemplating that, that purchase in real life quite frequently. Awesome. Question seven. If you could pass on one of your personality traits to the next generation, what would that be? Oh, okay. This one is easy. I have an insane ability to build desire. If people understood, one, desire is a process, and two, that coming to want things is the most intoxicating thing you'll ever be a part of. Now, you need to be careful about what you aim that at, but if you aim, like, I really want to help people. Now, when you can build that up, oh, it gets really fun. So fulfillment and joy are the only things anyone should ever focus on in life, but to really ratchet the amplitude of that up, you have to build the desire to get that outcome. Love it. That, that would be a game changer for people. Absolutely. Question eight. If you could eliminate one of your personality traits from the next generation, what would that be? Anxiety. Yeah, it can be a, it can be a tough one. We, we, we do hear No, that no fun to be had. Yes. It, it has not served me in the ways that I would hope. 
Yeah, same here. Question nine, a little bit easier. What did you do just before joining us on the podcast? Uh, we're working on the final details of the drop. Right on. And last one, question 10. What are you going to do next after the podcast? Immediately work on the details for the drop. So we go live <laughs> at, at 9 a.m. And so it's like I put a bunch of things in motion before the podcast. And now I have to make sure that they actually happened so that we can go live <laughs> at nine. Um, yeah, it is for anybody doing a drop like the the number of details is insane. This is as difficult as launching a new flavor of a protein bar. It's it's crazy how many like little details there are. Yeah, it's nuts, man. And you're well, giving me anxiety about our drop. Uh, <laughs> we're, uh, yep. Ethan's cooking up some really cool living trees to um, cross pollinate our ecosystem because we've had, I think this is episode 53 or 54. We've had a lot of the leaders in the space and we want to do something symbolically that represents the trees that we're trying to grow around um, supporting this beautiful and amazing sort of community and how we can sort of nourish that community over time with additional branches that you never know what what's going to spread out from one of these trees. That's really cool. I dig that idea a lot. And we'll be planting over 50,000 trees as part of the drop too. So that's exciting. But we have that's the same dope. same thoughts as you. Like we're long game on NFTs. This is our life, you know, and uh, mm. so we can really deliver value long term. Um, should we should we wrap up, guys, and make sure we uh, get Tom back on his uh, hefty schedule here? Yeah, most definitely, man. We really appreciate it. Thanks for playing Quick Hitters, by the way, also. Um, where can folks go to learn more about uh, Founders Key and everything you're working on right now? Go to the Discord. So impacttheory.com forward slash Discord will take you right there. Uh, we've got all the answers, all the maps to our roadmap, to the per, the, there's three tiers of the keys. So by tier, what they the utility map is for that. Um, and then by the time this airs, they'll be able to go to the website. But um, until that, I'll, I'll hold announcing what the domain is. Um, but yeah, go to the Discord. That'll be easy. And from there, the community is so amazing. They can A, answer any question you have and B, point you in any direction you need to go uh, to pick up one of the keys. Amazing. That's perfect. And I guess on Twitter, just say it's at Tom Billy, right? Yep. Nice and uh, simple. Awesome. All right, team. Well, look, we've reached the outer limit at the edge of NFTs for today. So thanks for exploring with us. We've got space for more adventures on this starship. So invite your friends and recruit some cool strangers that will make this journey all so much better. How? Go to iTunes right now, rate us and say something awesome. Then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. Want to help co-create Edge of NFT with us? Got guests you want to see in an episode, questions for hosts or guests. Drop us a line at contact at edgeofnft.com or tweet at us at edgeofnft to get in the mix. Lastly, be sure to tune in next time for amazing NFT content. Thanks again for sharing this time with us today.